You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the U.S., and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Therapy for Your Money. Today is a solo episode. It's just me, Uh, but we're going to talk about IRS and other types of audits. I fully realize if you are getting some mail from the IRS, it can often be a stressful situation. But probably the most stressful of all is if you're being audited. Uh, So just as a disclaimer, we're going to be talking today about audits mostly at the federal level, just because our clients do live all over the country. There may also be audits um, at the state level. There's a lot of different types of audits, so we'll cover that as well. But audits are complicated. This episode is meant to really be a high-level overview, but if you are under audit, you really should seek representation with a CPA, an EA, or a tax attorney. All right, so first off, you might be facing either a mail or an in-person audit. Audits that are by mail are just generally going to be a little bit simpler. Uh, And then in-person audits are either going to be at your place of business or at uh, at an IRS audit. There's a couple of different types of audits that can happen. So sometimes it can be worker classification, and that's where... uh, the IRS might be looking at whether a contractor should actually be an employee. This can happen for a couple of reasons, one of them being because an independent contractor filed for unemployment or workers' compensation. Uh, Sometimes a worker can also file a complaint with the Department of Labor, or a worker is also able to file a form SS-8 with the IRS to determine the correct classification. If you were in a case where you're wondering if someone on your team should be a contractor or an employee, the SS-8 is something that you can fill out and submit to the IRS where they're going to give you a determination of what they think the classification should be. So another type of audit is an income tax audit. That's probably the one that you hear about most often. And currently there's a little under 1% of tax returns that are being audited. So your risk of being under audit are not super high. However, um, the IRS is getting additional funding and they're hiring a significant number of people, including auditors. So that number may be going up in the next couple of years, but as of right now, it's it's a small number. Um, So the IRS uses a system called document matching where it matches all of the 1099s, W-2s, and all the other forms that you receive in January, they match that against your tax form. So that's why it's really important when you get all of those forms to put those together and provide that for your tax preparer so that they can make sure that what you are reporting is matching the sum of everything that has been submitted on your behalf. So if you think about you as an employer, when you're submitting a W-2 at the end of the year or a 1099, a copy is going to the person who worked for you, but a copy is also going to the government, right? So they're taking those documents and aggregating all that data. Uh, so sometimes you might also get, without even being uh, under audit, you may get a notice saying, hey, we noticed that what you reported does not match what we've received and here's our proposed change, right? So there, there are some situations where you may just get a letter like that. So it's not necessarily an automatic uh, audit, but it can happen. Uh, you can, your case can be open for audit if there's a, 
a matching discrepancy. You might also see a Department of Labor or State Unemployment audit, um, and those most often come up if a former employee or contractor uh, files for unemployment. You might also see a workers' comp audit, so workers' compensation. Many policies are going to require an annual audit, and there's typically a premium adjustment at the end of the year. So workers' comp audit is the the least scary one. It's kind of a par for the course type thing. Um, So what happens under that audit is that you're going to provide payroll records, possibly some job descriptions to make sure that all of your employees are covered. Under a workers' comp audit, they're often going to be asking for a list of contractors just to make sure uh, and see if those should be covered or not. All right, so if you are under audit, what exactly should you expect and what should you do? So one of the most important pieces of of advice I can give you is if you are getting letters regarding um, any type of tax situation, you've got to open the letters and you've got to read them carefully. (laughs) I know this sounds really, really basic, but it's not uncommon to come across someone who just has a stack of letters that they haven't opened because they're scared of opening them. So open the letter and read it carefully. Uh, There usually is going to be action required and there's usually going to be a deadline. In most cases, you're going to have 30 or 60 days to respond. Um, And in in a lot of cases, you may also be able to ask for a 30-day extension, but you do have to reach out and take action or because if you don't respond, your options just are going to get more and more limited at each juncture. The other thing that I'm going to recommend is that you get representation. If you're working with someone who has done this before, they're going to be able to guide you at each step of the way, and they're going to be making sure that you're giving all the right information, nothing more and nothing less, and that you're not opening yourself up to a larger scope. So as far as the IRS in most states are concerned, you can be represented by either a CPA, Certified Public Accountant, an EA, which is an enrolled agent, that's an IRS license, or a tax attorney. So those are the three types of people typically who can represent you before the IRS and the state. Um, You can also represent yourself or be represented by a family member as well. All right, next piece of advice, respond correctly and on time. And then last but not least, when you receive your findings, if you think they are incorrect, you do have a right to an appeal. So you can appeal and try to get a change in your case. If you are under audit, you do have some rights. You have the right to professional treatment by the IRS. You have a right to privacy about your tax matters. You have a right to know why the IRS is asking for information and how they're going to use it. Um, And you're also entitled to know what will happen if you don't provide the information they're requesting. You have a right to representation either by yourself or by a representative, um, and you have a right to appeal. That's all well and good, but what exactly is going to happen during that audit process? So the IRS is typically going to be requesting additional information and records, and that means they're going to be requesting documentation based on the information on your tax return. So that might mean that they want to see W-2s, they might want to see receipts, Uh, for your business, they might want to see bills or they might want to see canceled checks, loan agreements, mileage logs, payment records, payroll records as well. There's a lot of different pieces of information they can ask for. They can also ask for reports from your QuickBooks file and additional detail there. 
They basically want to know, is your tax return correct? And in most cases, the statute of limitation is going to be just the three years from your filing date. So if you file on time, your personal tax return on April 15th, that means there's three years from April 15th in order to open that case up for an audit. However, if there is substantial error or fraud, they can go back farther, typically not more than six years, but it could happen if there was um, like a fraudulent return or a substantial tax omission. And sometimes you may be under audit for one year, but if they're finding substantial omissions, then they might decide to open up other years as well. So essentially when you're under audit, the government, the IRS is just trying to make sure that what you submitted is correct. So you might be thinking, well, I did use an accountant, so it's got to be correct, right? While I certainly hope that with your accountant that they file the tax return correctly based on the information you provided, but the key word here is based on the information you provided. So an accountant is not necessarily a detective, right? We are going to prepare tax returns based on the information that you give us. Um, and our job is certainly to do our due diligence, right? If we see some red flags, we are required to uh, check information and there's specific credits where we have due diligence checklists to make sure that you really are entitled to that and that we've done everything that we um, that we can with to in good conscience claim those credits. However, our job is not to audit your records. So if you're bringing us a, um, a QuickBooks file with expenses and you've told us these expenses are business related, we have not audited those those expenses, right? So it could be possible for the IRS to request receipts and to decide, you know what, that really was not a business expense. Um, and that is their, their, their right to do that. You certainly could appeal that, but that's a situation where it may be a little bit gray, right? Where even though you have worked with an accountant, we prepare the return based on the best of our knowledge. And when you sign that tax return, you're taking responsibility for this information is correct. You've probably heard me say this many times before. If you have a business, I truly, truly do recommend that you work with an accountant for your tax return. I just think it's going to be uh, put you in a much better situation, both just for your tax situation, but also if you were ever under audit. Um, so I'm not dis certainly not discouraging you from working with a professional, uh, but we do just know that we do rely on the information that you provide to us. All right, how would an audit end? So there's a couple of different possibilities here. There are audits where there is no change. Everything checks out, everything is good, you owe no additional money. You've wasted a lot of time and possibly some money as far as getting uh, representation from a professional, but everything check checks out and this is really the best case scenario and the best possible outcome. It is also possible that the IRS will suggest an adjustment. And so in that case, you may either say, yes, I agree with this, I'm going to pay this, um, or you may again appeal. There may be some interest. There typically will be if there is an adjustment. Um, and there may also be penalties, like accuracy-related penalties. There can be fraud penalties. One of the options, other options are criminal penalties in the case of something really, really serious like tax evasion. That really is the worst case scenario. So sometimes there's going to be accuracy-related penalties, interest, and an adjustment. But that's typically what you're looking at in most audit cases. All right, before we end, I do want to talk about scams very quickly. I want to mention the IRS will never notify you by phone or email that you were under audit. You will first get a letter. So once the audit has been started, there is a possibility that you're communicating with your auditor. 
uh, by phone or email. That is possible, but the first notice is never going to be by phone or email. So if that is the case, it is probably a scam. Uh, there's lots of scam emails out there. So if you're getting a text, phone call, um, or email saying that you're being audited, it is probably not legitimate. Do not click the links. I would go directly to the agency and call them directly from the phone number on their website and double check what is going on. I also wanna make sure that you know you should not be making payments, pay payments online through a link from an email. An agency is not going to be requesting payment by email. You are going to get, again, something in the mail and you're going to have a voucher that you can send in with a check or you can go directly on the government agency's website and make a payment there. But they're never going to be asking you for gift cards or certified checks and they're not going to be um, threatening you that if you don't send a payment in 24 hours by gift card, um, something bad is going to happen. So just be really, really mindful of those. We just got at my office a an email for a workers' compensation audit just a couple of days ago, and it looked very real. Um, it had a real email. It had um, it, it just looked very real. But there was a couple of key items in that email that made us think, oh, "This is not this is not correct," and we've got to do a little more digging here. And it turned out it was a fraudulent uh, email. But the the phrase in question was, "Please send all this information by email. It is safe." Typically, if someone has to, has to tell you that it's safe, it isn't. Um, and so we would never want to be emailing employment records, tax returns, uh, 1099s. We would never be emailing those um, directly. We would provide that either by mail or upload to a secure portal. But if someone is telling us things like that, we know that our spidey senses should be tingling and we need to be um, considering that it might be fraud. Always best to be a little too careful than not enough. And when you're getting a notice like this, it's always a good idea. Forward it to your accountant, your tax preparer, your bookkeeper. Have another set of eyes take a look at that just to make sure that it is legit. All right. I hope you never have to use today's episode. I hope that you are not under audit, but I just want you to know if you do ever receive an audit letter, it is not the end of the world. It's just going to be a phase that you have to go through and everything is going to be okay. Take care, everyone. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.